Hey guys, my name is Jared Murray and I am a grateful recovering addict. I'm uh, super excited to be back with you guys to uh, discuss on this segment to talk a little bit about what it was like in treatment and what my life is like, you know, in recovery. Um, so a little bit about what it was like in treatment for me. You know, the last segment I talked about kind of that moment of surrender that I had when, when, when I got arrested um, at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And so surrender, like I talked about, is a huge part of recovery. It's the first step. Recovery only begins with surrender. Like these are things we know and we have to remember. But when I went to treatment, that was where the real turning point, I think, happened for me. I, I, I got to experience a different kind of surrender there than I'd ever experienced before. And so before I went into treatment, I went to treatment at um, the Bradford facility in Madison. I'm from Huntsville, so I grew up around there, and that was the program I went to. It was my first time to go to treatment. I was 20 years old, and I was terrified. Um, I remember when my parents were taking me to treatment that morning, before, they went to, before I went to treatment, I woke up, and my needle and my spoon that I'd been in my pocket were no longer there. My parents had found them. They had come to me with both of those and said, hey, it's time to go to treatment. We found this in your pocket last night. And so it's crazy, even after I got pulled out of jail and even after I got arrested and all that happened, this just goes to show you how heavily addiction affects the family. My mom was still convinced that, like, we're going to somehow fix this and we still need to take him on family vacation. Then we'll come back and figure all this out, you know. And so fortunately, it was a God thing that they found my paraphernalia in my pants that, that night and delivered it to me that morning to tell me, hey, it's time to go. And so on the way to treatment, I had to meet with an investigator on the way because this other incident had come up where a house was broken into and they thought it had been me, but it ended up not being me. So on my way to treatment, I had to go talk to another investigator, which was um, just a whole part of the whole journey, you know. And so anyways, when I was on the way to treatment, I remember just being terrified. I remember being full of fear. Um, and, and so re recovery is so much about you know, walking through fear and having the courage and having the faith to, to walk through that because for so long in my life, fear always created thoughts in my head that were not based in reality. And so that was, that's what was happening then on the way to treatment. You know, my head was telling me, you're not going to be able to stay clean and sober. You're not going to be able to do this. You're still a failure. You've always been a failure. This is not going to work. I mean, it was just feeding me all that. And so I had to learn how to not listen to my own thinking and um, how to walk through the fear that I was having at that point in my life. And so... When I showed up to treatment and I got there, I remember sitting outside on a bench right outside of the treatment facility and just bawling and just crying my eyes out because I had no idea what a life in recovery was going to look like. I had no idea what it was going to be to be able to take away the one source of comfort that I'd always, always depended on in order to be okay. You know, because I always had used drugs for so long in order to be okay with me. So I was so fearful about taking that one thing out of my life. What, what is this going to be like now? Because I have no idea how to look at myself and how to deal with myself and how to cope with my feelings and how to cope with life. I, I knew I had no idea how to do that. And, and so I had to have some faith that the people in treatment were going to show me some, some tools and some skills and some things to be able to know how to do that. And so, you know, treatment is kind of the vessel and the platform that gets us to enter into a life of recovery. And, and so when I was in treatment, I remember when I first was admitted into that program, you know, the woman that admitted me into the program was so sweet. She met me with love. She met me with compassion because that's what I needed. I'd already been torn down enough. I needed love. I needed compassion. I needed empathy. I didn't need any more guilt and any more shame. I had enough of that. And so um, I remember after she met with me and got me admitted into the program, I remember going in there. And I was thinking about this this morning before I was going to come talk about this segment. I remember opening up a piece of recovery literature they gave me and writing my clean date in the top corner, which was 129.11. And I remember making a commitment to myself that day that I'm going to keep that clean date. 
and, and, and from this point on, you know, I'm not going to continue to use drugs and drink, and I'm going to continue to live my life differently. And um, just how significant something small like that was to me at that point in time in treatment is crazy to think back on. And so when I went into treatment, you know, I remember going to my first meeting in there and being surrounded by all these patients and, and hearing everybody go around the room and introduce themselves as an addict. And that was something I never thought I'd be able to say. And I remember when it came to me and I said it, my name is Jared and I'm an addict. And, 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 and I felt this like internal peace that I never felt before about it. And so there was this different kind of surrender that I felt in treatment that day when I admitted that. And I'd heard all these people in the room go around and share their experience and share their story. And I heard my story from each and every one of them. And I finally felt at home. And I finally felt like I belonged. You know, because for so long, I never really understood myself. And I never felt like anybody understood me. And, you know, finally I was introduced to people who understood the way that I felt and understood the way that I thought. And things finally made sense for me for the first time. In that moment, I'm just experiencing identification and connection, you know, in treatment. And so when I talk about surrender and, and I want to talk about kind of the turning point that I had in treatment, because I'd had that moment of surrender when I got arrested, but the moment of surrender I had in treatment was different because being aware of the problem, you know, and, and expressing some surrender and having awareness about that is different than surrendering to this new way of life. Those are two different kinds of surrenders. And so when I was in treatment, I finally accepted the true nature and the true reality of my problem. And I finally made a decision to do the things that it was going to take to be able to stay clean and sober, to devote myself to this new way of life, if that makes sense. And so that's, that's a different kind of surrender. And that kind of surrender happened to me in treatment. I didn't have the capacity or the ability to have that kind of surrender prior to going to treatment because I couldn't make a rational decision when I was in the grips of my disease. When I was in treatment, I had the ability to express some surrender and make a decision for recovery. And that's what happened for me there. And so I did the things that they told me to do in treatment. They told me to go to meetings. They told me to get a sponsor. They told me to work steps. And those are the things that I did when I got out. And so, you know, I had a great time in treatment. I laughed for the first time. I felt my feelings for the first time. I remember standing in the lunch line with my tray and all my feelings came back to me at once and I almost dropped my tray and ran to my room and cried for like 10 minutes because I had no idea how to feel what I was feeling. But I knew at the same time it felt good. It was scary though. But in treatment, I started to become alive again, and I started, like I said, to laugh and feel feelings and, and experience things that I'd never experienced before. And um, people came in from outside meetings and brought the message to us, and I remember one guy coming in, and I couldn't even remember anything that he said, but he had this passion and this glow about him, and I said, whatever that guy has is what I want, because that's what I've been searching for and drastically chasing throughout my whole entire drug use is that kind of freedom and that kind of peace and serenity. And so when I got out of treatment, I did what they told me. You know, I dove into a life of recovery. And, and I'm so grateful to be able to experience everything that this new way of life has given me because it was, it's been so different than what I ever imagined or what I ever expected. And so there's a quote in a piece of recovery literature that talks about if we wrote a list of expectations down when we got here, we would have been selling ourselves short. And that's so true for me because all I really wanted was the absence of pain. I wanted to stop hurting. I wanted to stop being dope sick. I wanted to stop getting arrested, you know, those kinds of things. But I had no idea on what was going to happen in my recovery. I, I didn't know I was going to become connected to my family again. I was going to be able to be an asset to them and not a burden. Um, I, I didn't know that I was going to be able to go back to college and get a degree. I mean, these were things that I never dreamed were going to be able to happen for me. 
And so when we set a strong foundation in our recovery, because what we really need is an active change in our thoughts, our attitudes, our behaviors. We need a psychic change. I need to address my patterns, address my character defects, address my behaviors, address my underlying issues, and have a true spiritual awakening and get God in my life. That's what I drastically needed, and that's what I never had. And that's what the 12 steps have given me is the ability to repair all those things. And, and as a result of that, it's given me the ability to have some peace and some serenity and some freedom in my life because that's what I always search for and never had. And so the broader the base, the higher the, the higher the point of freedom. And so what I consistently search for today in recovery is reaching the higher point of freedom. And it's never ending. Like more will always be revealed and more truths and more gifts and, and more promises continue to be revealed to us in recovery when we're truly living this new way of life. And... Um, that's what I'm so grateful for. So literally, after I had a year sober, I got to go back to the University of Alabama, the college that kicked me out, expelled me, told me I would never be able to return. I got to go back there and be a part of starting the collegiate recovery community and finish and graduate and get a degree and make 3.8s and 3.9s every semester and walk through that kind of fear that I had before I started every semester. You know, And I got to experience recovery on a college campus and, and get a degree, which is something I never dreamed would be possible for me. You know, After I graduated, I got married in 2014. And uh, my wife and I have been married for four years. And, you know, we, we have the, a sweet family. We've got three little pups, no kids yet, you know. And uh, I just never thought, you know, that, that we would be able to have the life that we have today. I never thought I'd be able to have the life that I have today. And I got to go on vacation last week with my family. And I got to be present with my mom and my dad and my brother, you know, his wife. And um, got to be with him there. And that was something, you know, too, that I think about. Like, I never dreamed of being connected like that again to my family and being able to be an asset to people instead of a burden. You know, when my grandmother passed away three years ago, I was the one that was asked to do the eulogy at her funeral. I would have never been asked to do that seven and a half years ago. I would have not been the family member asked to represent our family in that way. So, like, this is what recovery is. That's what recovery means to me. It's about being a part of life. It's about being a part of family. It's about connection. It's about healthy relationships. You know, addiction isolated me. It cut me off. I was either better than or I was less than. I never had any sense of humility or acceptance in my life. And so this place of neutrality and humility that we get to in recovery allows us to become connected again. And so recovery is about relationships, relationships with ourselves and others and something greater than us. And if we can, this, if we can get to having healthy relationships in those three areas, that's where we find fulfillment. And that's where we find purpose. And that's where we find peace. And that's where we find serenity. And that's what I'm so grateful for to be able to have in my life today is those things. And, and that's what recovery looks like for me today and has continued to look like and I know will continue to look like. And so um, I'm just grateful to be able to share some of my experience and some of my strength and some of my hope with you guys on what my addiction was like and what recovery is like for me today. And um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So if you're new or if you're coming out of treatment, like give this thing a shot because I promise it's so much better than the life you've been living. And so that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share.